spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Recorded live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Talk Shoe Radio. And this is the Darkness Within radio show. Uh, tonight we are waiting on our guest, Christopher Houston, which is the uh, founder of Paranormal Truth and Reality. I know he did have to go out today. Um, he did say that he'd be here by 7, but still he hasn't shown. So we're just going to kind of do our own thing here until he does show. And we're going to be talking to Jeff Connor, my co-host. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing good, Judy. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing good. It's been nice up here so far. So thank God for that. All the rain has stopped. The snow has left. The sun's been out. It was 82 degrees the other day. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I definitely want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there and some of you are real mothers. Uh, you know who you are. Happy yeah. Mother's Day to you, too. <laughs> Thank you very much. Next Absolutely. week, I don't know I don't know if we're going to have a show next week or not. It's my birthday, so maybe we will, maybe we won't. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a birthday uh, bash. <laughs> there you go. So we can uh, have the uh, all the uh, people listening uh, figure money uh, to 1995. Uh, <laughs> so I'm... Uh, well, my uh, my uh, my doesn't happen. I uh, a lot of y'all may not know, but I uh, I sort of retired from ghost hunting. Now, I still do it, you know, ourselves, my wife and I. But we've been thinking about making another group, and <clears throat> we honestly, honestly thought about calling it WTF Paranormal. <laughs> well, you know what? I could agree with that because. Um... There's a lot of stuff going on in the paranormal community, which, you know, it's like totally unreal. Well, you know, totally. the, really wild, the really wild thing is <clears throat> I've noticed everybody, the, the activity is really, really, really strong. <clears throat> and I keep thinking of the section of, of the Ghostbusters where Winston and he are going across the bridge. And they're talking about the increased activity, and he says, do you think this is in today's? And I was thinking about that. <clears throat> and, you know, I would expect, I don't, I don't know how many listeners, you know, religious, but I would expect if you are, that you would have to wonder, you know, um, because you would think in the end days and, and once Revelation starts coming through and everything, that, that the activity would increase, you know. <clears throat> I, I would suspect that anyway, I would imagine. And I, I, I always have that in the back of my mind, especially with the volcanoes in the world and, and all the unrest and everything going on. You know, it, it makes you wonder, you know, uh, because I know, um, you know, I, I've been looking at some of the channels and, and people are requesting more and more and more paranormal activity, uh, uh, hunters, ghost hunters, um, to help investigate. They're, they're saying there's, there's, you know, more hauntings. And a lot of these hauntings are becoming violent. You know, people are saying, well, you know, it's terrorizing my kids. And and it makes you wonder. 
Well, lately I got into watching a show called Haven, and it's about a little town called Haven in Maine, and there's nothing normal about that town but the paranormal. I mean, I'm on season five now, and you would not believe you have everything from hauntings to demonic possessions, uh, vampires, aliens. I mean, they touch just about everything in their show. People disappearing for no reason at all or anything like that, you know? Well, that sounds like Vegas on Halloween. <laughs> but it's really a great show, and it's actually based on uh, Stephen King's uh, book, Colorado Kid. No way. Yep. That's cool. Um, I know yep. in, the, in the chapter somebody named Chris. Is that the Chris we're looking for? I don't know. It might be, might not be. I'm just waiting <clears throat> to fall in. <clears throat> hey, Chris, if you're there, call in. He's, We'd love to talk yeah, to he that. said, uh, just send me a message. said, wait a sec. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> And we'd, we'd love for more, uh, you know, more uh, people to listen to us. If you're listening to this show and you like this show, please feel free to share the show because, you know, this is an awesome show. I'm not just saying it because I'm on it, but trust me, it's awesome because Judy, you know, I uh, I think she's been doing it long enough where she interviewed Noah. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, honestly, Judy is a wonderful host. She's funny. She's smart. She, she is charming as all get out. I've known her forever, I think, and and she is. Oh, you're just trying nice to kiss up now. <laughs> I need to boy twenty bucks. I'm kidding. Um, no. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> just trying to kiss up. That's all you're trying to do. <laughs> but, but seriously, share this show because we really want to get the word out. You know. Well, um, you know, we, I I got this thing bothering me about. Paranormal world, and um, now we have Chris coming on. Yay! <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, so, there you go. Awesome. There we hey, go. Chris. We finally got in here, Judy. I apologize for the delay. This blasted phone wouldn't let me through there. I had to do it three or four times. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We've just been, you know, talking about the paranormal and, and everything that's going on and stuff. And um, I was just about ready to say, Chris, and you might agree with me, and I know Jeff will agree with me. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are, like, really scared to send money for these events because of a few certain people. And a friend of mine just wrote another article on somebody else that's doing the same thing, which actually I was supposed to have this person on my show when I first started. But when he said his dog killed his dog and, and made him lose his house and this and that, and the doll's violent, and it, come on now. You know, really? Why isn't this doll behind glass like Robert the doll or uh, Annabelle? I think I know the person that you're talking about with that doll because I actually had the privilege, even though he denied me multiple times in saying the truth about visiting him and his little doll. He had it in a luggage case at the time, and he was a total farce. We won't get into who he is, but I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. <laughs> You're talking about the same one because he carries a dollar around in a suitcase. 
<laughs> yep, I met him at the Columbus airport while he was sitting there because he gave me a big show about how this dog could do certain things and not to piss it off and blah, 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 blah. I took a look at the dog, which, by the way, looks like it got collected out of a dumpster. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, did the dog have a... Did the dog have a sign that says that off the food? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually ran some tests of my own on it, including challenging it. Guess what? Nothing ever happened, and it was the biggest joke in the world. Then he wrote a book afterwards, and he still says it. And uh, I confronted him with it, and he said, I have no idea who you are, really, because I have all the messengers. I have the recorded (laughs) conversation. Well, the thing I guess that really bothers me is because in that book, he mentions a little boy with autism, and he actually has the the boy's name in there that's supposedly helping him out with this doll. Yeah, see, I never actually read his book, and I'll be honest with you on why when I sat down with him. It sounded like an interesting thing, right? I started on Messenger originally with him. While I was a part of another group that I had left the group admitting one, I thought, okay, well, it's a fascinating story. He's saying, let's take a look at it a little bit. He was doing tours and said he was stopping into Columbus, Ohio. Great. Give me a few minutes. Let me take a look at your doll. You know, maybe I'll get you on my show somewhere along the line. And then I did my few tests. And from looking at the gentleman and looking at his doll, the only thing I got out of it when I left was a giggle. (laughs) Um, So after that, I just simply parted ways. I know he wrote his book shortly after that. He tried to promote it on several of my websites and a few other things, and I was very upfront about it. Hey, look, I have the privilege of talking to the gentleman, and even though he's a nice person, this doll is not haunted. <laughs> well, see, I spoke with him on the phone many times, and uh, I think he's really freaking nuts. He's a nutcase. He's full of it, well, that's for sure. Of those. <laughs> are, uh, Chris, I'm just curious now, my definition, are you a uh, are you a believer per se more or more of a skeptic? You know, a lot of people ask those questions, and I'll be frankly honest with you. I'm a little bit of both worlds. I have had the wonderful privilege in 23 years of tagging along many paranormal teams. I had a team of my own for a short period of time, but then I decided to look into this in more detail because of personal experiences. I've been to haunted uh, haunted places. I've talked to university specialists. I've, I've met a wonderful bunch of people that I would have never met, some of them very intelligent. And I always get asked that question, do you believe or are you a skeptic? I believe that ghosts are out there, yes, because of my personal experiences. Uh, I am a religious man, so I do believe in heaven and hell. I don't apply Mm -hmm. that to my paranormal investigation style. But I am also a skeptic, so I'm a little bit of both. I believe that there is a good, happy medium there. And I have seen that happy medium in the real paranormal world. But uh, most people are the thrill-seekers, they're the fun-seekers, or they're the interested people, and they don't take a lot of time to understand that both sides of the coin do work together on a regular basis. I ran into a lot of of places where I was incredibly skeptic, and to be frankly honest with you, science can explain it. Then I went into the next location or the next area, and no matter how much you try to apply science or the logic to it, it's simply not going to explain what you just saw. What what do you say? There's a I won't mention the group, but there's a group in in um, New Mexico, uh, and they've got a website, and and they every single place they've gone, they always no matter and we've been to some of these same places, and I'm telling you, they're wrong. Um, uh, just to give you an idea, uh, Schaefer Hotel they they swore up and down the place was haunted, but they did say 
There were some areas they couldn't explain, but they refused, no matter what evidence is thrown in their face, to admit any kind of haunting will go on. They always say, we can't explain it, but we know it's not haunted. Um, what do you say to groups that promote themselves as a, a, a ghost group, but yet they find nothing haunted no matter where they go? Well, I wouldn't call yourself a ghost group at that point. I wouldn't even call yourself a paranormal investigator. I had that conversation recently with uh, David Ullman and several other people, actually. People uh-huh. use, and they sling the term investigator out on a regular basis, but what really is an investigator? An investigator's job, if you're a PI, and I was a PI for a few years. Um, I also worked with investigators with the Department of Defense for years. Your job is to deduce, find, and look to the logic that can be presented in facts. If you're out in the paranormal field, there are going to be some times where you cannot do that. And if you call yourself a paranormal investigator, you have to play both sides of that coin. Um, The biggest thing that that you will say 99% of the time, and I have a friend that works with me on my project, Jay Pierce, he asserts this a lot of times, the biggest thing that you'll run into in the paranormal is the words, I don't know. You can't say... 100%, yes, it's all explainable. You can't say 100%, yes, it's all unexplainable. But you can say, at the end of the day, even if I found a few logical situations, can I tell you the truth about what happened? No, because I don't know. (laughs) We we go into the, I I know our group, the way we we investigate is we go in, um, you know, saying the place is, welcome back, Judy. We go in. Uh, to the place saying that it's not haunted, you have to prove to us it is, uh, 99.9% of the time, we will find something there. It may not be what they said it is, but on, on some other times, we've gone into places like uh, a place up in Michigan we went, <coughs> that was both. <coughs> the little lady was, that the young girl was seeing things. And... Um, <laughs> And come to find out, there was high EMF. They hadn't grounded it right. It was off the charts. But, uh, and that was causing, you know, the hallucinations of the parents. But come to find out, the little girl, she didn't know it, the parents didn't know it, we didn't know it, was actually sensitive. And, and it was, you know, there was, she kept saying, I see this boy, and he's telling me how to, And we were able to back it up with facts. And that's why a lot of the ghost shows that I watch, it bothers me because, they go in and they'll say, well, we're here to help, and yet you never see them doing any help. They literally go in for thrill factor and shock factor, and, you know, that's all. I mean, it's really refreshing to find somebody that goes in, you know, like yourself and, and actually looks for logical conclusions before just jumping into the gun and says, oh, well, it's awesome. Well, that's a lot of what I actually uh, I spend time trying to educate people on. Uh, and a lot of people don't quite understand. The paranormal, as people see it on television right now, is commercialized. It has been for many, many years, and it's not exactly what's out there. But does that really mean that paranormal study doesn't look for answers? No, it doesn't mean that. When things are commercialized, ghosts, and, and I'll say the names because I have utmost respect for all of them for the jobs they do. I will not downtread anybody in the paranormal field that's on television, because being on TV is a hard job. Ghost adventures, ghost hunters, um, you know, all of these different things. Um, They're great people, but they're also television. They have to sell Um, a product. Yeah, they have to sell a product, and that's a part of the situation. You can't fit 
reality into a one-hour television show, especially when you've got to do every 30 seconds. As I have learned putting my production together every 30 seconds, you've got to put B-roll in to transfer over. You've got to figure out what's good from what's bad. And then ultimately what you run into is some things sell and some things don't. So are you willing to play the network game? And networks will cut you. They will be dry on you. They don't care about your vision. They don't care about what you like. They care about what people watch. If it's not good enough and people aren't watching, you may do seven or eight episodes and you're gone. I just had that conversation with another gentleman that's about to start on TV. That's just the the fact of life. So why are we in it? Why am I in it? I'm in it because I'm fascinated with the paranormal. I take it very seriously. I take the study very seriously. I take the answers very seriously. Whether it's paranormal, you consider it as a ghost, or whether it can relate to science, whether it can relate to mental disorders, whatever it is, there are billions of different solutions that you can look at. And if you're not open-minded to every solution, including the ones that aren't logically explainable, you're never going to learn. We were, <laughs> we were interviewed uh, by um, the, uh, the same company that produced Ghost Brothers for a while, and we were actually going to be on, but the question they asked that broke the mold was, they said, <clears throat> the bottom line is, they said, would you be willing to take evidence to keep your show on? And we said no. And, of course, that's why probably we're not on TV. But, you know, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. I agree. I mean, it, it's basically like selling, you know, OxyClean. Basically, you have to be able to sell the product. <clears throat> we were talking, you know, if, if they actually went and filmed one of our shows, you know, us for a show, we probably wouldn't make it past the pilot because a lot of ghost hunting and, and when you go out and paranormal investigation and everything, the research is, is boring, quite honestly. I mean, it's, you know, trying to find, it is. I mean, it's like, oh, my God, are we ever going to get to investigate the place? You know, it's like, and, and it's tough looking for some of this stuff because you have to collect, you know, sometimes hundreds of years, you know, to, to get the answers you're looking for. Well, a lot of it is a lot of it, though people don't <clears throat> agree with it. A lot of times, is science involved? Um, I had this explanation, and I actually put it up on my group, Real Time Paranormal, to try to get people to understand the difference between paranormal study and what people call ghost hunters today. And reality is, you know who created the first mobile car, but did you know they didn't create the combustible engine? You know who sells cell phones, but did you know who found the signal for the cell phone? You know, all of these little things, why don't you know that? Because the people that created that, the people that found that, the people that did that, they had the drive for the science or the investigation or solving the puzzle. It was their job. It was their passion. It was what they did. It did not matter that they had fame. It did not matter that they had viewers. It did not matter anything except for solving that puzzle and that science because of their passion involved. Um, and that's a lot of what paranormal study is. There are hundreds of people every day that go out there, whether they have a university education, whether they don't, that learn and dive in and try to figure out those answers. And they get right. overlooked a lot of times <clears throat> because we'll of the that. media. That's like, um, I notice a lot of groups like one person does this, one person does that. Well, when I had my group, I basically did it all. I needed to do the research. If somebody else wanted to help with it, that's fine and dandy. Then we put it all together to see what we have. You know, I mean, I'm the type of person that 
I'll dig till I can't dig anymore. I mean, I've done a couple looks lookups for Jeff, you know? Absolutely. And sent you the information, and then, Chris, you handed me that case, and I had to dig what was going on around that area, which, you know, come to find out not too long ago that her husband used to play with the little boy that lived in Amityville Horror House, the real house. Oh, wow. And knew Ronnie Defoe. Well, that's that's something that, uh, you know, it's great to have your teams broken down. We all do specialize somewhere along the line. I specialize mostly in research and history, business aspects, mm-hmm. and some of the scientifics. That's how I got into the paranormal eventually advanced into my gig. I'd go out and do interviews over the phone and in person, and then I'd sort out what teams were best for where and then send it over to them. Why? Because my job was to assess a case. Um, It was not there to decipher. It was not there to determine whether a ghost was there or not. My job was to make your job easier. Um, Right. And, uh, you know, and I did very well with that. And I did very well with the research and so forth. Not that I'm opposed against investigation. I do it now. I do it very wonderfully. I take orders like everybody else from team leaders when I'm out there, and I have my own teams that are separated. In fact, Generation Truth has a technical guru. He designs all the equipment. He uh, brings all the cameras to the table and and comes up with the stands and so forth. I have an advisor that works with all the teams to make sure that we have the right teams on staff, and I handle most of the business and do what I do best, which is host. Um, But uh, the reality is it is a job that you have to have your hands in everything somewhere along the line. Because if you don't, you have no idea how to do it. What happens if your technical guy is gone? What happens if your researcher isn't researching that week? Well, if you don't know how to research it, how are you supposed to know what's going on? <laughs> yeah. This is true. No, I, absolutely, I agree 100%. I mean, and it, it's tough sometimes because, you know, a lot of the technical stuff, you know, we used to switch them around. Like we would have one guy doing EVPs, and then the next week we would have him doing, you know, video or whatever, you know, and, Oh my God! Video is the most boring thing in the world. I hate it when I had to do it. Oh, jeez! <clears throat> you know it it, uh, it sucks. <laughs> See, Quite I'm honestly. the I'm the reversal of that. I love the EVP, the audio, and the video. I could sit there for hours and have for uh, behind the scenes for some of these TV shows, listening to a few things and telling them, "Hey, look, I'm not going to sponsor it." But <laughs> um, but uh, it is a boring job. I enjoy doing it because it gives me a chance to be at home with my family, and right. I can do eight or nine hours of sitting behind the video, putting two and two together, and and you can get in depth into the science that way too. You can. I heard something, but let's break down the audio on this. Let's look at the uh, different uh. audio parameters. Let's let's figure out where this comes from because EVP has a, a, a very particular signature. It's not like what most people think. When you truly have an EVP that you know is a ghost, a lot of times if you look deeply, even when you don't alter it, but you just break down those audio signals and you just look at those lines, you'll find that that ghost, when it kicked in, you'll hear when it kicked in, and it'll be above the audio parameters it should be or below those audio parameters it should be, so it shouldn't be there. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's it's an amazing <clears throat> science. So I, I love it, but most people, you're right, they get bored as crap with it because it is a long bunch of hours sitting to look for one little piece that you hope you get. <laughs> <laughs> the, the video is now, see, with me on that 
Jeff, I'd uh, and Chris, I'd rather hand my, the EVP out to somebody else, okay? Because I'm I'm dumb when it comes to that stuff. I really am. I mean, I could literally sit there and listen to the to the EVP, and I could pick up with my own ears if something said something, you know. I do that a lot when I'm out there. I, I carry a headset um, to play back because if you can right. play it back at the field and you've got a confirmation, then you're going, that's really cool. Then you mark the time and say, okay, well, I can look at it later. And I'm different than a lot of people out there who like to advance the, the audio and and, um, and tweak things and so forth. The more <laughs> raw it is, the better off you are to break down those sound variables and just take a deep look. And you really don't have to enhance anything. <laughs> right. But uh, it, it's not as easy as most people think. I, I just had that battle, actually. And um, though they're wonderful people, I had to dismiss some people that were a part of a team we were filming on because early on, and we all know this, we've all done it, anybody that says they haven't since TV started, they'd probably be wrong. Now, I was luckily enough in this before we had the television show, so I know the differences between the two, but you get young people out there, and they think it's all fun and games, and they get excited with the thrills, but come on, they've only had a handful of investigations behind them, and they think they already know everything that people that have been in there for 20 years and know. Come right. on. Let's just be honest. You don't. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. Well, to I tell almost... you the truth, I took a newbie with me who claims he was into the paranormal and he did this and that by himself, okay? I took him with the team to my winter house. And a lot of stuff, as everybody knows, was going on in that house because of where the person originated out of that is haunting that house. Well, he came up to me, and I thought it kind of it was kind of funny because he came up to me and he's, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, well, the bathroom's <laughs> right over there. Go ahead and go. Ain't nothing going to get you in there. Will you stand outside the door? The kid was scared shitless. Now, don't tell me that you've been to this haunted location and that haunted location and this place and that place, and you're scared? <clears throat> Come on. That don't make no sense. Well, I've had the privilege working with most of my young teams where they uh... – they weren't scared. They dove straight in. They're wonderful people. I'll never say anything bad about them, even though some of them we have parted ways because of all the other situations. But the biggest thing that I ran into with new teams is you go out after seeing four or five years of television and asking questions on Facebook and so forth, and, and you get a handful of investigations behind you, and you think you really know. The answer is you don't know. You just got your feet wet. It's going to take you at least another five years to get the hang of it. And if you're lucky in ten years, you might know a few things. <laughs> my, um, the only know, thing that still gets me on investigations is I, I don't get scared or anything in the dark, but when you're there and you're doing EVP and something comes up and touches you on the ear, it, it doesn't scare me, but it freaks me out. You know what I mean? It's just like because you've got something touching you, you know, that still gets to me. I'll, I'll turn around and say, will you please, for the love of God, don't do that, you know? <laughs> just, oh. And they get, my, my team gets, they think it's funny. And 90% of the spirits, I think, know that it freaks me out. <laughs> 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 well, I've had a few incidents, like being touched, being, 
scratched. It, I mean, it's rare, but it, it happens. Or you you have your your little hair pull, or like you said, somebody touches you on the back of the ear, and you're like, whoa, did that just well, happen? If <laughs> well, if I'm expecting it, you know, if I say, you, you know, come up and touch me or something, then it's different. But if I'm, you know, not expecting it or something, I think maybe, you know, I don't know, ADD, you know, or something, you know, because you get so focused and so the old joke, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees type of mentality that you're not expecting it, you know? Yeah. That, that's what it gets me. Yeah, the, the, the only other thing that I, I personally ran into with, uh, with new teams is there's a lot of thrill seekers and weekend warriors out there. They just want to do it for fun. Um, right. And, and that really – it's great if you want to learn about that and do it for fun, but stick to your flashlight tours and your three-hour investigation tours where right. people explain equipment. Don't try to claim that you're an investigator at that point because you're not. We take this very seriously. My passion is no, the paranormal. I agree, I agree. <laughs> right. No, um, I agree. You know, I, I, I don't want people talking either. That that bothers me, you know, because, you know, I the first couple of, uh, one of the first teams I was on, the guy told me, he said, you know, you have to understand these people – they're still people, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's basically your bullying spirit. And, you know, I think it's rude. We are always respectful. You know, we thank them for talking to us, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I I real have a real problem with somebody talking spirits. Like, come on, you know, show me I dare you. But, you know, I I feel like if you do that, you deserve what you get. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and you got to prepare yourself. If you're planning on doing – if you're planning on doing an aggressive move – um, you have to understand the consequences involved in that aggressive move. And are there times where it should be done? Well, I've been on some investigations that revolve a little bit further down than the average ghost. And, yes, if you're trained to do so, there is a time and a place to use a little bit of forward aggression. But how often is that really? Well, I've been doing this for 23 years, and to be honest with you, most every place I've ever been have been a positive situation instead of a negative situation. And that's all because you give them the respect they deserve. Think about it from their end. Uh, if you're a ghost, you may not even want to talk to the person. You may not even give a crap they're there. <laughs> exactly. You know. Um, so. Well, what what if you you get this spirit or ghost or whatever you want to call it that tries to push you over a rail to throw you down the stairs and then goes and runs and hides in a closet? And then doesn't want to come out to play, but is actually talking through a medium and calling you names. <laughs> you well, I, I, I'm really cautious on mediums. I think they do a great job. I'll never downtread any of those, but I'm still very skeptical on them. I have, in fact, met two mediums in my life that have opened questions to say, okay, maybe there's something more there. But uh, I'm more of a physical guy. It has to be in front of me. I have to see the evidence. I want to know you're here. Um, so in a situation like that, um, I'm not sure I would believe the response is coming from the medium at that point until something came back and pushed me again or threw something at my head, as silly as that seems. <laughs> well, that's um, the thing. I mean, I, I threw tennis balls and, and you know stuffed animals into the closet and challenged them to throw them back at me and, and nothing happened. I mean, you know, really? And then the next day when I stepped in there to go get my uh, camcorder out of there, I got grabbed by the throat. Well, now, well, now, now that's something I believe. Huh? 
See, that's something I believe. I get physically attacked, something's doing it. I get something physically thrown at me, something's doing it. If I have something physical in front of me, which my tech guy is creating a lot of different things, that's motion detectors, motion sensors, things along those lines, that there's a physical presence that the only way that's going to go off is if somebody walks up and physically touches it, okay? And let's say we leave the room and we got a camera running, and now you know that this is only touch sensitive. The only way this is, can go off is if something walks up and presses that, and now it goes off. And it goes off. Something set that off. But if it doesn't go off, well, then we now know that a ghost can't walk up and touch something and set it off. <laughs> you know, now, now, Judy, what you were saying, you know, about, you know, going into the closet and hiding, you know, in all fairness, you're asking the ghost to come out of the closet. So, you know, I mean. <laughs> I had a conversation last night on my radio show with David that was similar to that. <laughs> um it, 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 I noticed that true. a lot of a lot of ghosts hide in closets. I don't know why they do, but they do. They're they closet to ghosts. <laughs> I don't know. What if you don't have no mothballs? The house, like the house I'm talking about, was totally empty. You know, I mean, come on now. <laughs> but those kind of narrow down to what uh, he said earlier, though. I mean, ultimately. It's whether the ghost wants to react to you or not. And if if you talk to a ghost as opposed to forcing it, then you're liable to get more interaction. I've gotten more interaction carrying on a conversation with an investigator about the situation and about the person than physically confronting it, even with the basic questions we all are trained to do. Hey, are you here? Do you have your name? Blah, 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 blah. I've gotten less from that than just sitting down in a room carrying on a conversation about the person that just died. And not in a negative way, just carrying on a conversation. (laughs) I try to go in and talk to him, like you say, like a friend. I mean, like I'll go in and I'll say, hey, I'm a nurse. Uh, You know, what kind of work did you do? You know, those type of things. And I actually got one that um, was not appreciative, but I'm a male nurse. She was an older nurse, I guess. I think I would guess probably in the 1900s that, I thought it was wrong for me to be a male nurse, you know, but that just what and I I didn't act like a nurse. I didn't do the whole professional, you know, nurse thing, you know, and uh-huh. and, and some of them you piss off inadvertently, you know. I mean, I was trying to be nice, you know, but do you I, I have to ask you this, I'm just curious now, on every investigation we go on, every single one, I don't know if it's the same one trying to give us a hint. We always get a spirit that always says F you every single time. I mean, do you find that a lot? I don't actually find it quite as frequently. I have had some pretty vulgar responses from time to time, um, but um, not really an abruptness. And I think it narrows down a little bit to, again, think of it from the opinion of, of a ghost. You as a person. Uh, if you were, if I were to come into your home and totally ignore you, and walk around and move your stuff around to do whatever I wanted, what would you I do? I would think you, I would think you're probably my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you I would total, think I would think you're nosy. You're nosy, total stranger, totally. Hey, I didn't ask you to come in here. What the hell are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> right, right, <you> know? exactly. <laughs> so I would probably, probably start following you around 
to make sure you didn't take nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And you might get very verbal about it. I, I know I would. I know I would. Right, I, might right. even, I might even say if you were, get the F out or right. you're pissing me off. It's always a male, so I, I notice that. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure if I cross over to the other side, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet this guy. And he's like, dude, I was the one telling you that. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, and from a male standpoint, we take that very aggressively. I, I, do, I know yeah. that if you were to just come into my home unannounced and do something wrong, I'd probably whack you in the head. <laughs> yeah, and you're invading, yeah, you're invading. Uh, okay, note to self, avoid his house when then. Anyway, so, <laughs> but no, I, I agree 100%. I mean, it's, it's basically a man's castle, you know, and, uh, you know, I was watching a couple of shows where the guy, you know, he built the house by hand, and they had done some renovations, and he was not happy because, you know, the psychic that was on there told him, you know, you, you basically undid what he did. You know, he was happy the way it was, and, and you screwed it up, and that I can understand, you know, because I, I agree 100%. And it applies to almost every situation, um, good or bad. Uh, even the I got a response that, uh, and I'm still questioning it because it was uh, it was uh, isolated ITC at the time. But I got a response at a location here in Ohio, and I'm the only one in the room that's doubting. Right, we're on this overnight investigation with a bunch of people after doing a convention, um, and. Uh, I had been told about a room, and I had went into the room briefly that hadn't been investigated before. I won't get into details there because I didn't ask permission. Uh, and then we went upstairs to another room. And while they're running through all of this, it seems like the regular chat going back and forth. It's interesting to everybody. And then it came back and responded in a way when I asked a simple question. I said, okay, I don't think anybody's here, so somebody's going to have to come back to me. And then I paused for a little while, and it comes back and uses my name and says, well, you don't believe in anything anyway. <laughs> I have a question. Um, have either of you ever used a black mirror for um, modification or to establish a reciprocal con connection to these spirits? I never have. I haven't either, really. Maybe be an interesting experience. <laughs> I, yeah, I've I haven't. Asked, I've never used one either. I've asked to cover them before when, you know, my team members saw my reflection in there, but that's a whole different story, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't really ventured much into the mirror side of things because I'm, I, I, I stick with the scientific. And uh, when you look through history and you look at reflections and you look at mirrors and you look at so forth, it became more the fascination of the human mind. And then myth starts to build off of this. And now a fascination that started with water and reflection goes to mirrors, revolves around being good and bad, revolves around being portals because people couldn't explain the reversal of the image until science caught up. And now we all believe that mirrors are a portal to the other side. Well, I haven't really tested a lot, but I've been around a lot of mirrors and a lot of haunted places, and I've never seen a portal, <laughs> at least in that term. Um, so I, I try to keep my logic into my investigation uh, when I do things because it, it's just how I operate. You know, physically speaking, I take the myth out. 
Let's let well, it come I, in from the ground uh, level. As for myself, after my grandma had passed away, I was sleeping in her bedroom. And I woke up one night, and I just happened to sit straight up, and in front of me was her mirror. And she was in the mirror. My grandmother came to show me she was okay through her mirror. Well, I'm not opposed to mirrors because I have had one experience. We were in a very haunted apartment at one point. Yes, it's an apartment, which is weird, but there's a whole story behind a lady that got killed there, and I think that's what happened. That's a whole other story. But we were having some unique situations, and I had just came off of uh, about three years prior to that. I just came off of a very serious team where they were bringing me in to research and do early investigations for exorcisms and so forth, though I didn't stick around for most of the exorcisms because I didn't want a part of that. But long story short, there was a bathroom that had a big mirror, right? You could see everything in the bathroom. And when nobody was in there, the door would be open. And we were having some unusual experiences. Well, I had saw in this mirror my wife in the bathroom. She wasn't even in the house, by the way, with uh, coal black eyes. I saw my child in the bathroom at one point turn around and stare at me and wave at me, even though she wasn't in the house, coal black eyes. Uh, So could there be something there? Well, I can't explain that. I tried billions of times to explain it. I tried to break it down. I tried to reproduce it. Never happened. <laughs> what, so, what's your opinion? What's your opinion on on? I'm just curious. Like uh, tools like the obelisk. Um, let's say the obelisk. Uh, uh, apps like Ghost Radar. And I'm just curious because some of them, uh, you know, I mean, we've used them and, and we've got some good responses. But like Ghost Radar is technically a random word generator. And, and obelisk supposedly is too. And, and I'm just curious, what's your, on the scientific aspect, how, how do you feel about stuff like that? We're diving into that. Me and my technical guy are diving into that in a little bit more detail. The theory out there that supports it right now states that uh, ghosts can manipulate all of these things. Even if they're random generators, they can just reach in and they can manipulate it and still communicate with you. Now, from an audio standpoint, and I've done this at many universities. I'll do it again this year at many places speaking about it. When you're talking about a random word generator, you're talking about cycling through radio stations and so forth, you can create a random conversation anywhere. You can do right. it with your TV. And, yeah. I, and I prove that point all the time. So I'm not a 100% supporter of any of those because of that. But we're going to dive into it a little bit more detail. I have a lot of apps from people that have volunteered to, to, to give it to us so that we can work with them. I've had a lot of people that are working with technical stuff that we're going to, we're going to apply this to the field a little bit from a scientific standpoint. At the standpoint of can they really manipulate anything they choose? Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to, I'm going to pipe in here about ghost radar. When I was in South Carolina, um, I had, problems going on in that house. Uh, the woman didn't even want to rent my son and myself that house. She's like, right away, she took one look at me and she says, oh, you don't want that house. There's a lot wrong with it. And me being who I am, I'm like, okay, well, now you piqued my curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, what's wrong with the house? And she kept telling me I didn't want the house. <clears throat> I said, well, are you going to show us the house or not? Uh-huh. I, I've seen some unique responses from a few apps. Some apps I've just kind of slapped my head and said, oh, my God. Well, uh, no, I mean, so anyway, I had uh, I had 
my refrigerator door kept opening it up. I kept blaming it on the poor friggin' puppy, and he was nowhere near the refrigerator. He was sleeping by my side. You know, but my refrigerator door was open. So I called in um, two people, husband and wife team from South Carolina, and they came down, and she used ghost radar. And we went into the pink room because this house had all different color rooms, and it was really weird. But anyway, we went into the pink room, and there again in the closet were two children, Maria and Jose. They were Mexican children that actually literally died on the land. I went to the historical society, and I looked up the land. And those two children were listed as dying on the land. And they're buried there. Well, my friend uh, Matt Benton has created an app where it goes into a little bit more detail than just a random word generator. His design creates a bunch of words that tells you what they're going to say. These are all the programmed words that are in there. So the theory behind the app is if I can put that application out there and you know all the words that they're going to say in the cycles that they're going to say them, and nothing else. If something else in between comes in that should not be there, according to the program, then you know you're communicating with something. Now, that to me makes sense. If I put well, in high name and all this other stuff, and I know that they're there, whether it's 5, 10, 15, 16 random names or whatever it is, and I get something that should not be there that the program is already designed to do, what just said hi? <laughs> we, we went I. Ghost radar, the one thing I do like about it is you can probably... What did you say? Out. You asked what just said hi? What well, yeah, I mean, if I, as an example, if uh, I program in, if I program in something that says Judy, Bob, Sam, I don't know, or something corny, like I just put my finger up my butthole. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know, uh, let's say we put all of that in there. If I get that, I'm leaving, only... I don't want to be there, man. Those are the only six things that are there. And then I turn the application on, and I sit and I'm carrying on a conversation like I am with you guys. We're in a house, and we're saying, okay, there's supposed to be a girl here. She's 18 years old. Do you remember when you were 18, Judy? And Judy carries on a conversation and says, yeah, I remember when I was 18. And all of a sudden, somebody comes on and goes, I remember that too. That's not programmed in there. I only programmed five words in there. So where did that come from? (laughs) I, I did. We. I, I. The one thing I like about Ghost Radio is you can program in phrases and stuff like that. And all kidding aside, I, I really did this. I programmed it because we went to a brothel. So I programmed the phrase, I want you, I think you're sexy, uh, take me now. None of those popped up, which is really disappointing for me. I'll just tell you right now. So, <laughs> but, but we did get some, uh, like, we went to a place, you know, um, and, and we have had some intelligent responses, you know, like, uh, I'll ask your age, and 16, now, you know, that could be random, and I thought, okay, you know, that's, that's fine, 16 is just the thing, but I, I said, do you drink? And it said, yes, and I said, what do you drink? And it said, Russian vodka. I hadn't programmed it. When I get responses like that, I, I sort of chuck it up to, okay, that's a little more than coincidental. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's that's uh, kind of where I'm leading with it, even with Ghost Radar or anything else. As long as the program doesn't pull in other random generated words, it's only the words that you have programmed, then logically speaking, that's what the program's designed to do. 
it picks these five, six statements, whatever it is. If something else comes in between, where did that come from? Yeah, <laughs> we've had we've had programmed words, but you know they didn't make sense. Like we would ask the name, and, and it would come up the word purple. I've never known anybody know the word name be named purple. I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but you know what I mean. It, it's just very. The other thing well, I was going to ask you, we had some really good success with it. Have you have you ever done the Xbox? Um, the Xbox the connect- uh, device, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're actually working a on a unique model for that right now, with, which adjusts it a little bit and puts it on a, a smaller screen with another camera to film it so it can sit individually and have it all in one unit. But um, have I used it? Yes. Am I 100% positive that what you're getting on most of the connects are actually physically something in the room? It depends on your model a little bit. The first-generation model will pick up anything and then map it. And once it maps it, it'll jump around and look exactly like something that's mapped out. The second generation took some of those out, but it's still designed to map any moving object that comes in front of the camera that has any type of source. So if it's larger than an ant, you have an issue. Now, what's unique about it is there are a couple I can't explain. (coughs) Somebody says, touch my hand, and you see a figure reach over and touch the hand as an example. Well... I can't explain that. I wasn't there. You could have something that touched your hand. <laughs> right, right. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I actually, I really do believe this with all my heart. And, and one night, when I, when I moved down here to New Mexico, um, we had to connect running. We were just, you know, using it down here. And I honestly saw a little figure pop up. It looked like the shape of a dog. I heard a dog barking. I, I did not uh, get up, and I, I was just basically humoring, you know, whatever might have been there. I said, you know, not cause it, it sounded, it barked like my dog Angel. And I said, Angel, I'm not letting you out right now, because she always barked when she wanted to go out. Well, I went up the next morning, my car got broken too, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I thought, okay, you little coincidental. Now, this is my own stupidity. So the next night, the exact same thing happened. The dog barked again. I still don't get up, and the car gets broken too again. And I could just imagine the dog, I'm like, you moron. I tried to tell you twice, you know. <laughs> so it's two times in two days, what's the odds, you know, with the dog barking. So, uh, you know, the second time I contributed that, that that was my dog trying to warn me. You know, I mean, it may have been something random. I I don't generally believe in coincidence for the most part. You know, I, I believe things happen for a reason. I mean, sure, there are some incidences, coincidence, but, I feel like that they're they're few and far between. That's the way I believe, you know. Well, you know, everything runs its course, and though we control our own efforts, there are some things that aren't coincidental. Um, Why? Hell, I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, you know, some things happen because they're they're supposed to happen. Some, Some things aren't coincidental, and they're there for reasons. And we can't really explain those reasons. It comes back to that word, I don't know, eventually, or right, question right. everything, as one of my friends say it all the time. You know, it's it's a <laughs> constant it's a constant guessing game. That's the one thing about the paranormal, even though science does apply and people don't like to talk about that, but it does apply. Um, ultimately, it's the same thing as science. We're looking for things and putting puzzles together and asking questions that, we don't know, 
And until we find that solution, we're never going to know. And guess what? When you find the solution, it's either an accident or it opens up a dozen other questions that you have no idea on. <laughs> where, where do you see the, the future of paranormal? I mean, do you think that paranormal investigation will ever become a mainstream to the point that, that it will be recognized by the public as not just junk science, so to speak? Well, it already is. The problem is people don't realize that because you don't get real scientists that respond to the average ghost hunter. Uh, why? Because mainstream has cluttered this so much that they don't want a part of it. They don't watch the shows. They think it's a joke. They think, you know, because... The reality is science and the paranormal has worked hand-in-hand hand for almost 80 years. Now, some of it is debunking things. Some of them is looking for logical solutions. Some of them is opening up new doors um, and then going, well, let's try to find a logical solution. And I think some of that will continue to apply, and some doors will be closed and other doors will be open. Where that ends up jumping into the non-scientific world is generally in the metaphysical and in the theories and the myths and so forth. Um, yes, we know that certain rocks carry certain minerals and certain minerals are good to heal the body. Okay, we know that scientifically. It's been proven. We know that certain rocks carry certain energies. Energies apply. Energies can affect mechanical devices. We know that. It's been proven. People take that and they run with it a lot of times. And then you end up with a bunch of other theories where and the, when you go from there's two different worlds that's the easiest way to explain it you have the scientific paranormal investigation world which is paranormal study and then you have paranormal investigation and ghost hunting the reason both of them don't apply a lot of times is people don't go beyond what they've seen on TV beyond what they think they know and start looking at those answers for instance how many times has most investigators in the world applied quantum physics the answer is 99% of Not really none I, that I know hey, of. Hey. A lot yeah, of people but, I know couldn't even spell quantum physics, okay? <laughs> but, but the, the, the basics, even though you can't explain it, the basics of quantum physics apply to the paranormal. Um, how many people actually decide to go beyond their envelope and think about the medical science involved and how it applies to the paranormal? The answer, again, is 99.9% .9 do not. How often do you question what's going on there and how it applies. How often do you question <clears throat> the energies that are involved in that, the different frequencies that are involved in radio and everything out there? How often do you think about the fact that theoretically quantum physics can be broken down in several easy sentences, multiple universes, multiple dimensions, multiple things happening all at the same time, and every now and then they interact? Most right. people don't Okay, well, like, you're talking about all that stuff, Chris, right? Like, you both know I live in Ishpeming, Michigan. Mm -hmm. Up there, there's a mine that literally runs under the town. And um, the EMF field up there is so high. If you use an EMF detector, I don't care where you are in that town. It's going to spike. It's going to spike mm -hmm. all the way up. So you can't even use an EMF detector. How I knew certain places were haunted up there was because I had an experience. Now let's apply I, the science to, to the situation. 
the mines are actually under the ground. The earth carries its own EMF field. The deeper that you dig, the more the EMF field disperses across the whole area. So, yeah, right. you're going to have a massive magnetic field. Now, the magnetic field not only affects everything around you, but it can also affect the different dimensional poles as well as any other individual possibility involved. So you go into a haunted location, you experience hauntings. Now, we can break that down multiple different ways to look into. Huh? I said, why the hell couldn't you taught my science class in high school? (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing this for 23 years and talked to so many people. It's amazing, really. You can look at this many, many different ways when you're talking about a haunting. Is it the EMF fields that made you experience the hauntings, or is it the EMF fields that interrupted with other things around you, including the possibility of quantum physics that allowed those hauntings to be present at that period in time? Could you be experiencing somebody that died, and they don't know they died because everything is flowing exactly at the same time, and we don't know it? Time is something we created. It's something we created and designed to explain how we age. But when you start getting into the scientific world, everything flows at the same motion at the exact same second at the exact same time, even if we don't see it. (laughs) Well, I mean... I had people call me because their house was shaking, okay? Well, yeah, the the mine moved. The mine is actually collapsing, so... Every time you have I, a break, a house is going to shake. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, you know, I think the city, the, the town of Ishpeming is just going to fall underground someday because that's all mine up there I, I, underneath. I, I probably won't be here next week, Judy, because he's going to make my head explode. (laughs) (laughs) But like I said, the building that I was living in, my first apartment I was in, I walked in and I felt like it was, uh, first of all, I walk in and I hear a man's voice. Hi, how you doing? Okay, and I'm like, only people up there was me and my landlord, and my landlord didn't say nothing to me. So I'm like, fine, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, I, that was my first experience. And then I had this woman that was always in my apartment, and she was dressed like in this green dress and, you know, the bonnet and stuff like that, walking through there. And I think it was a brothel at one time up there. Oh, great. You couldn't invite me, Judy. Thanks. Thanks so much. <laughs> I told you, you and Crystal were welcome to come up anytime you want. I know. But I mean, and then... thing with EMF detectors is, um, you know, electromagnetic fields, but let's be very upfront about it. Your body produces one. My body produces one. The electronics around us produce one. The earth produces one. There's so many electronic fields out here. How do you know it's really communicating with a ghost? You don't. You just look at the pretty lights and go, cool. <laughs> do you, do you See, think I, that... I had what they called a gauss meter. That's what I used to use. One of the old school meters. <laughs> and that thing, if I'm in a normal situation in a house and... If I walked up to an outlet and put it up to the outlet, yeah, it's going to go off. But if I'm standing in the middle of a room, I don't care if the computer's on, the TV's on, or what have you, that Gauss meter is not going to go off. I, I have, have to a literally... Very, a very good friend that does kind of the same thing. He only uses a compass. And he's a scientist, by the way. 
he uh, he deals with uh, magnetic energies and how they disturb weather and all this other stuff that's way over my head. But he said the easiest thing you can do is drop all the science, and if you walk into an area and that compass goes off in every direction, instead of going north the way it's supposed to go, you got a disturbance in the first place. Go back to the basics. <laughs> wow. I also use dowsing rods and a pendulum. You know, hey, I... Judy, wasn't your uh, wasn't your douse meter powered by squirrels? Was it what? <laughs> powered by squirrels? <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be really big. <laughs> <laughs> <Hamster. laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I I gotta tell you, I, you know, you're amazing listening to you talk. I mean. Honestly, I'm a nurse. I'm a dumb old nurse, you know, uh, and the stuff you're talking about, some of it just, you know, I mean, I think it's going over my head faster than, you know, the uh, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the atom collider that smashes, the atom smashes. So, you know, it's just, but, it, you know, you bring a whole new light into the whole paranormal. I mean, you make me think about a lot of things, which is amazing. That's, that's the way we learn, you know, uh, it's, you know, my, my thing is I go in and we try to help. And I, so many of the groups don't try to help. Like I was, we were talking about earlier. And I, I, I really think you're amazing. Now, uh, I'm just curious about this app that your, your friend, um, and, and this is a chance to promote the app. Uh, I'm just curious, is it going to be available? Where is it available? I mean, yeah, it's actually slightly available now. I wish I knew the name of it right off the bat. I'd have to ask Joel because I send it right over to him to start the testing on it. But, uh, uh, the gentleman's name is Matt Benton. You can find him on Facebook, and he'll be glad to discuss his app in, in full detail with you. There's, we're uh, using his app every now and then. There's a gentleman that has a couple of unique apps. Now, one of his apps actually uses a, a spirit box type application, but uh, we're testing some of his more in-depth applications. He has one application that goes along with the spirit box, or you can use it on your own. That's basically he took a lot of older music um, chants that we're supposed to talk to the gods, you know, happy music that was going out for, through the ages, through religion, all kinds of things, positive and negative. And he put them all together, and you play the app. Now, here's the funny thing about that. Uh, because he did a lot of research and put all this stuff together, I tested this app personally, and uh, and I told him that. I'm very upfront with it. I tested this app personally, and whether it's the body opening yourself up, whether it's the subconscious, whatever it is, I tried it three times, and I got reactions all three times. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, he, he's got something there. I don't know what. Again, from a scientific standpoint, I look at all avenues. One of the things that I'm going to study with Generation Truth is is basically the easiest way to explain it is group infection. <laughs> you ever notice when we're out there as a paranormal group, if you go to a major location, if you hang out with any other groups at the same time or if you're there, when one person says, did you hear that, did you see that, or I thought I heard that, everybody hears it, everybody sees oh, like, it, and now you've got something that just, that's like, like a disease. Mass hypnosis. Almost, yeah. yeah. It, um, what, about, uh, what about trigger objects? Do you believe in trigger objects? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to prove whether something's there or not. Uh, we had one that uh, it, it's kind of a trigger object and a haunted object. On one of the cases that I did very early on, it was in Indiana. I won't mention the people's names, but 
they bought a home. It was a home from the 1800s. They were remodeling the home. They managed to find in the upper attic a little wooden horse. Um, and after they removed the little wooden horse, activity started to happen. Now, we used that wooden horse along with a little ball, and uh, it was kind of a Simon Says thing, you know, a Simon Says toy. Uh, uh-huh. And we put them in a room to see what was going on. Now, the horse would rock, rock, started rocking back and forth. When we talked about talked to whatever was in the room, now I did no research because when I go in, I don't do research on any location, so I don't believe in it. I want to go in with a straight mind. Uh, I do the research afterwards. I have the research and historians and do it. They know all that. I don't want to know it. <laughs> um, and uh, and we had the ball out there and said, can you move the ball? Can you play with the ball? The ball moved. And then we showed the Simon says, hey, look, this has different colors. We're going to stick with the basics, which is this one, two, three. We're going to show you how it goes. Now, can you make it go one, two, three? So you know how Simon Says works, the old-fashioned ones. After right, it does right, it, right. you have a few seconds to do it, and it responded. Now, what wow. we found out later after we left the investigation was there was a boy that died in the home from tuberculosis a long time ago. Um, and his dad carved the horse out and gave it to him because his dad was a businessman of some sort. I can't remember exactly what it was now. But uh, I think it was in basically architecture and construction across the state. But uh, he didn't have a lot of time with his son, so that's how they played. And when his son got tuberculosis, he quit his job. He spent the rest of the time there, and his son died in the attic um, very early on. So the child stayed there. And he wanted to make it evident that he was still there. Now, after the family found that out, they turned the attic into a room for the kid. They've been living there ever since. I followed up with them just a year and a half ago, and they said, no, things are wonderful. We, you know, we bought him toys. He plays with the toys. He doesn't bother us. He doesn't have any problems. And, you know, we've learned to live with him. <laughs> wow. Have, have you ever had anything follow you home? Have I ever had what? I couldn't hear you there. Anything, any, anything follow you home personally? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I, All the time. Yeah. I'm a magnet for things. I've been privileged here in Ohio for the past couple of years that I've been in this home to where there's only one ghost that's here. I, when I when I bought the home, I didn't realize that I'd been in the home before. Uh, a, a, a family had owned the home before me, and there was a wife and a husband and a grandmother that was here. The grandmother stayed and kept the home, and then she sold it to the gentleman that has now sold the home to me. Well, he's in the process of seeing selling the home to me. We're at a we're in a rent to home situation with this particular right. uh, but uh there was an ex Marine that hung himself in the basement. And uh I didn't know that but I came here when I was a kid and played all the time, didn't remember the house at all and then uh my oh buddy my and my buddy calls me and he says, Hey man, I see you're you're living in my grandma's home. I'm like, seriously, oh, wow. that explains it. And he's he acted up the first couple of days and when he realized who I was, every now and then he'll he'll uh he'll pop his head out. But that's about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I've had I've been to many many places and I've had things follow me. I've th- had things pop up. Uh, David Ullman said something perfectly yesterday when he was on my show, and that is, uh, you know, ghosts are everywhere. They don't just limit themselves to one place or one location. A lot of times, if they're right. there, it's because they remember things. But they can go wherever they want. Um, and every now and then, sure, I've had things follow me home, both good and bad. My faith keeps me intact, so. They find right, a hell of a right. battle when they come in, uh, and they generally leave. But uh, 
but yeah, I mean, it's I know that it's a very spiritual belief. In fact, my partner has one where he says, you know, he teaches every one of his new team members just to be safe, tell everybody, don't follow me home, you're not welcome, and so forth. I don't do any of that because I'm the scientific guy. So if you follow me home, hey, more power to you. Maybe I'll get you on EVP in science when I get home. <laughs> well, maybe you can put them on the show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell them they have to stay where they're at, and I'll come back and visit because there's no room at my end. <laughs> We we have a But I think I swear, Chris, I swear to God, as many things that I have caught on video, all these orbs flying around in my room, I think the people from the cemetery up the road come into my room and party. <laughs> and my dog, whenever whenever I go to take a picture of my dog, they're all they're all around him. Well, we we know what kind of alcohol they're drinking, spirits. Okay. Well, damn, they're having a party and didn't invite me. What good is that? You know? Well, you know, years ago, I wanted to uh, say, remember when the little uh, micro cassette recorders were out before the digital ones? Uh-huh. Um, I'm not that I old. Still have one. Before my we still time. actually use one of those on investigation, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's what I used to use. Well, I was having a meeting with my landlord's because they, this was supposed to be a rent-own type situation, and um, they couldn't come to an agreement on how much they wanted a month. They wanted, like, something outrageous, like $2,200 a month, and we're like, no, we're not paying that much for this, you know? So I told them before the meeting, we're going. I'm going to be taping this meeting, and they said, we don't care. <laughs> so... They come walking in, and um, I said to the woman, I says, you don't have to wipe your feet. I didn't, you know, don't bother. I didn't wash the floors yet. And she says, well, she says, I always do. And here comes a little wee voice. So what? <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I did have a little eight-year-old girl there that did die of tuberculosis years ago. And... uh it was her that said that more than likely, that little wee voice. So what? I thought it was so funny, though, because I, I caught it, you know? Yeah, we still use an old, uh, my my partner, uh, Joel Myers, he actually has a uh, uh, mini cassette recorder, and we plug it into a large static boom mic and just sit it out and let it record the whole time. Uh, reasoning behind that is, you know, so many of us use digital recorders these days because it's a lot easier, right? But uh, there are flaws both in the old method and the new method, but the fact of the matter is cassette recorders still get stuff, and sometimes they get stuff the digital recorder never got. <laughs> right. Exactly. What, what's your feeling on Ouija boards? I'm just curious. <laughs> you sure you want to go there? <laughs> I'm asking the question, Dana. Yeah, <laughs> I already know Chris's opinion, so I'm staying out of it. (laughs) I had the privilege of doing 2,759 Ouija board sessions across the United States of America. Good Lord. Uh, Yeah, with uh, Ohio State University, Michigan State University, and several college professors just to test the theory. And by the way, it might be tough to find, but if if you research deep enough, you should be able to find the paper and the results that we found. Now, we did test subjects. 
Okay, so we take five people and we put them in a secured room and we prep them on positive stuff, put positive stuff on the screen, blah, 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 blah. We take another five, put them over here. They'd have ghost shows on all 24 hours a day. We do the research and history on who's been with Ouija boards, what they believe, what they don't believe. And we take a third room and we put people in there. And those people would just have the scientific view. Okay, this is the ideometer effect. This is what a Ouija board does and so forth. And we ran them through there, including myself, who isolated himself using a Ouija board because of all the claims by himself, including spirit boards, tested boards, and so forth. And what did I find from the whole situation? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you believe that – I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Do you believe that it is entirely possible that there may be something – Connected to it, uh, channeling connected, through the people. Connected the people. to the board, not so much. Um, channeling I, through the people. It, well, like anything else, and I tell everybody this, no matter what tool you use, people are so set against the Ouija board saying that demons come from a Ouija board, it's a bad thing, and blah, 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 blah. But let's think about this a little bit. An EVP recorder is a Ouija board standing there doing uh, questions without an EVP recorder standing there with your camera is a Ouija board. It's asking the same questions. You just don't have a yes or no or a bunch of different numbers. So could something physically respond to you using anything or any method? The answer is yes. Um, but it's not the Ouija board doing it. It could be the person channeling it. It's more than likely what wants to interact. Either it wants to interact or if it doesn't, if it's good, it might bite you in the ass. If it's you know, if it's bad, it might well, bite you in the ass. If it's good, it might not. Uh, well, it might stick his fingers up your butthole. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but I don't believe it's the Ouija board itself. A Ouija board is a bunch of letters and words written down and deciphered through a bunch of different histories and a bunch of different tools that were used separately that Parker Brothers decided to put together to make a nice little spooky game. It worked. <laughs> they definitely yeah. got their money worth. Yeah, I like to call it the biggest urban myth in the world. Ouija boards are the biggest urban myth and urban legend you will ever have in your life. It's just like Bloody Mary in a mirror. If you turn the lights off and you say it, you believe it's going to happen, by God, it's going to happen either way. <laughs> right, right, right. Power, the power of suggestion. Yep. <clears throat> well, I don't know. I had a bad experience with a Ouija board, so I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> but we, we don't. We don't mess with them typically, uh, a lot of the reason, because, uh, you know, oxymoron, we call ourselves a scientific group. We do. Although, as one of my, my investigators said, you know, nobody has ever proven a ghost exists. There's no proof that who we're talking to is who they say they are or yeah. that they're even, you know, what, what you're getting, you know. And, and so we just, number one, we shy away from them probably because of the urban legends, we don't want to take any chances, you know, of, of something maybe channeling. And well, then and the I other always thing because everybody when they say that, because, you know, everybody <clears throat> has a personal opinion on it, and if you're not comfortable with using Ouija board, I perfectly understand that. Right, My right. big thing is, uh, think about it from the other end. Now, right. have you ever went into a haunted location expecting a positive experience, wanting a positive experience, and walked out of it with a negative experience, 99.9% of the time you're going to say no. Right, right. If you bring in a Ouija board and you're already assuming that this is going to be bad and you're expecting negative appearance, 
are you going to get something uh, negative out that. of it? Ab- absolutely right. Right. I agree. I agree with that. It, the other thing is, is the public. We find the public, uh, especially this area. I'm down in New Mexico, the Bible Belt. If you're a paranormal group and you use the Ouija board, <clears throat> typically they don't want any part of it. You know, the public has a preconceived notion or opinion of the Ouija board already through all the years and, and all the stories and legends and everything else. So, you know, it it also hurts your reputation, we find, down in this area anyway, of even using one because they'll say, well, you're, you're a demonic group. The same thing. If you get the Ouija board, you're a demonic group. And that's the way they look at it, you know, because of that. Well, that's a lot, and that's a lot of what applies to it. That's also a lot of what applies to the word demon um, that people don't quite comprehend. You know, I have heard it over and over and over again. I've seen it on TV. I see people do it on Facebook every single day. They see an image or they hear an EVP and go, that's a demon. Well, let's be up front. And excuse me when I say this. How the hell do you know that? <laughs> you don't. Exactly, right, you don't. Right. And if you ever do your research involved in it, you will find that there's a very distinctive difference between what is presumed a demon and what people think is a demon in the first place, how they react, what they do, blah, 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 blah. There's this big concept with that word, demon, and demonology, that is the biggest load of nonsense I have ever seen in my life. People claim to be demonologists, and demonologists go out and they fight demons, and blah, 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 blah. If you guys ever do your research on what a demonologist is, all it is it's a is person that it's a person that studies demons. It's a person that studies the word demon and how it applies to historical content. Yeah, it's an ologist. Because ologist, ologist is a study of yeah. I learned that in medical. Yeah, like a proctologist. Well, we won't go there. But anyway, yeah, sure. Well, see, this is this is what I don't understand. I was reading an article. Now the Pope is gathering up I don't know how many priests, bringing them over to the Vatican to learn how to become an exorcist, okay? Well, if you're finding that there's a lot of possessions here in America, why don't you come over here and teach them here? You want, you want, the, honest, that, you want the honest truth from, from uh, my delvings with the Roman Catholic Church? They're not bringing a bunch of people from the United States over to become exorcists. There's 250 people in their school every single year. Most of them are studying exorcism externally, which drops down to roughly about 15%. The 250 start off in the study of demonology, and then they choose the top of the class to get an option of whether you want to become an exorcist or not. The reality of the true exorcist in the United States is there are only two official licensed exorcists, both from different countries, one that has stationed himself here in the United States and became a citizen, the other one that flies over, that can actually do exorcisms in accordance with the Catholic Church. I, uh, I, I have this image now of, of, of the Pope, and, and please no disrespect, but I, I always find humor in everything, and and the Pope going like, okay, you've got to be able to throw yourselves down the stairs and not to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm not a big a big one on I, – I, I don't choose any one specific religion because I studied all of them to get a kind of historic right, right, right. content. But, uh, so I never downtread any religion. But the reality is people overassume this word exorcist. 
Right. Uh, they assume that there's a bunch of Catholic priests that are coming over here to the United States and doing exorcisms and blah, 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 blah. No, there's a whole process that like you have to go through. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and most people get denied because, yeah. you know, you have to they, – they take medical records into it. They take interviews into it. You have to go through the diocese, the archdiocese, the blah, 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 blah. There's a whole process to that. So reality is there's more rogue exorcists out there from other religions uh, than there are actual physical Catholic exorcists in the United States of America. (laughs) I would imagine you have to do probably... You know, I was... um, We were watching this uh, documentary on Amazon Prime called... It's either Saints and Sinners or Sinners and Saints, but it gives the history of... um, it gives the history of the Catholic Church, the Pope and everything else, and there's actually pagans buried under the Vatican. Well, that's no surprise. The Vatican's rules have changed throughout 200 years vastly. At one point, believe it or not, the Vatican and the Popes of that particular time um, not only worshipped but respected Lucifer at one point. Now, it wasn't the point of... Uh, that you are of God, but it was deemed through the church that uh, Lucifer was an angel at one point. He did work with God, and he deserved the respect for that. When I was married to my ex-wife, I, I believed in possession, but, you know, anyway, <clears throat> so. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a flip of the coin guy. I, I've seen things that I can't explain that would resolve around physical possession, demonic or not. And I also understand the medical aspect of things where a lot of things have been misinterpreted as being possession when they were just simple diseases and other things that now, medically speaking and scientifically speaking, we know are there. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I was... Well, I was my opinion is I seriously believe with all that's going on these days that Every paranormal group should have somebody in there that has knowledge of the medical field mm-hmm. and what yeah. is going on. Because or at least I mean, understanding to be able to hand it off. <laughs> right. I mean, they, no. you know, you have no, to check no these people. You, you go in, people are saying, "Look, I'm possessed." It's like, okay, really. What kind of drugs do you want? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. If I, I know with Crystal, uh, you know, <clears throat> she took a couple of medications early on, you know, to help her sleep when we were first married. Uh, one of the medications was Desiril, and, and Desiril is, for some people, it's a great drug. You know, it really is. But, but for her, she hallucinated. And, you know, I know from working where I work now at the nursing home, when these patients are convinced that that's the way it is, anything short of Jesus Christ himself coming down and saying, hey, you know, you're wrong, is not going to convince them. It, it, you know, the mind is very strong. And we found a couple people that were taking medications as a nurse. And I, I tried to chuck it up to actually helping them medically, you know, that I said, look, you really need to get to your doctor. These medicines should not be mixed. And it was causing problems, you know. And hallucinations and everything else and delusions, you know? 
Yeah, and then that that's a, a percentage of what I don't think people understand is medical conditions, physical conditions, um, you know, things in our everyday life can you can easily just return to to Satan made me do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, and think about, you know, in the 1800s and I was thinking about the, the Bible verse, and <clears throat> no disrespect, Lord, but I was thinking, you know, when, when Jesus, they said he was uh, possessed, I, I often wondered from a medical perspective if he was clearly having a seizure and Jesus just healed him and they sucked it up to, see, I wonder that, you know, because, you know, I, I know from, from a psychiatric facility I used to work with down in West Virginia, they were telling me some of the history, some of these people were put in, you know, being possessed. You know, and literally later on they would find out literally it was Tourette's or it was a, a, a psychiatric illness and it was nothing to do with the paranormal, nothing to do with anything but medical, and they just didn't understand it. Well, epilepsy is one of those things. Epilepsy was determined for many, many years as being paranormal and demonic and so forth until people realized that it's a neurological condition of the brain. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, and, the first time I, I ever... I don't really get much into religion, but I, I'm a firm believer on two things that I tell everybody every day from spending so many years in theology and talking to people. There's a difference between the Bible and religion. The Bible is perhaps one of the oldest history books known to man. But you have to remove yourself from the aspect of wanting to believe so much you allow that belief to apply too hard. Because think about it from their standpoint. Even though we've removed some of these books and we've altered them to what we want throughout churches, reality is this is from the views of people in a more primitive time, how they saw things. So, right. yeah, of course, if you see something that you can't explain in the weather or so forth, God God did it. Right, right. <laughs> um and most people don't do that. They use that belief so sternly. And there's nothing wrong with religion. There's nothing wrong with the belief of religion. It unifies people worldwide. There's a lot of wonderful people in it. But they misinterpret the context context of the Bible so well, strongly the, in that religion. <laughs> the Salem, Salem witch trials, I mean, is a prime example. Uh, a lot of the things that they chucked up to people being witches that had nothing to do with witchcraft whatsoever, you know. And a lot of innocent people were tortured, killed, whatever. And and I'm sure throughout the Bible, I mean, you know, the same thing. You know, I mean, the one who the one who started that was Tichba, (laughs) and she came from, I believe it was Louisiana, up to Salem, Mass. And she was the one that started the hysteria with the two girls. Um, It had to do with a boat in a. She took a bottle and put a boat in the bottle and if the boat stood upright they were going to get they were going to stay alive and get married and if the boat ter- tipped over what they were going to die and one of the girls had the boat tip over and this drove her nuts thinking she was going to die and never get married and the hysteria started because all these other girls were trying it and that's where that came from and she wasn't even put to death. She started the hysteria and was let go. She was see, literally you, let go. Use that context. She, 
she created a myth or a theory based out of something in her right. little mind at the time. And right. nuts of the time that took the context of the Bible too sternly because they wanted to control the religion and the belief that they have, took it out of proportion, and now innocent people died. Exactly. And, you know, and this happens all the time. It happens in wars. I mean, come on, even, even if, some of if, the Templar wars were all based off of one If belief, you ever, but, the people that were put to death up in Salem, Massachusetts, they were fairly well off. They owned a lot of farmland, and they wanted it. The people that ran the town wanted it. Giles Corey was one. He owned a lot of farmland, and they wanted him to admit he was a witch, and he would not admit it. Every time they asked him, he said, more stone. And the last stone they put on him, he put a curse on Salem Mass saying every single sheriff in that town from that day on will die of a heart attack. And do you know, they have no more sheriffs up in Salem Mass because they're too scared because all of them died of a heart attack. <laughs> I can imagine a guy going like, hey, man, we'll give you 90,000. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Really. Well, I'm an artist. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, this guy was laid flat. If somebody looked at me and said, hey, you want to be the first sheriff of Salem? I'll pay you 200000 a year. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's unreal. I mean, people are scared to become sheriff. Now, the one thing, one thing I'm mad about, I mean, I don't know if you all know anything about the old jail up there, but a lot of people were killed in that jail and they took the old jail and put like a coffee shop and gift shop downstairs well we were our group was supposed to buy that for a dollar when it was on sale for a dollar so we told them what we wanted to do with it and we were going to split the proceeds with salem we were going to give them half the proceeds that we made off the building and we're, the first floor was going to be the coffee shop, the gift shop, and like a historical type thing, little shop. And the upper floors, we were going to have ghost tours in. Well, now they took our idea and made the first floor, like I said, we were going to do it. And upstairs, they put condos. <laughs> condos! <laughs> Condos in a place where a bunch of people died. That's a great thing to do. Well, not only that, what about the uh, the, warden's, the warden's house over there? Him, his wife, and seven children burnt to death in that house. They fixed that up and made that a restaurant on the first floor, which is now closed, and apartments upstairs. There's a uh, building in downtown Eau Claire that uh, was a factory for years, and then they turned it over to a temporary jail in Wisconsin, right? And they shut it down, but a lot of people were killed and hung there because it was a different time. So if they didn't like it, the sheriffs were in control. Um, and they decided to do the same thing, right? They put the downstairs with businesses, and the whole upstairs are, ho- uh, are, are condominiums, right? There's one person that stayed in that in that condominium in the past nine years. <laughs> well, I tell you what, everybody thinks that Salem was the first state that the first place that anybody was hung. If you look into the hanging of the witches hung, the first witch that was hung was in the state of Connecticut, 
uh, in a, from a tree outside the state house. That tree's still there. Wow. She was she was hung forty years before the first witch was hung in Salem. You want to know the wow. silly thing? That's probably where the uh, old myth of the hanging tree comes from. I think every state has a hanging tree. You ever heard the myth of the hanging trees? <laughs> we have yeah. one in New Mexico, and on the yeah, boat tour up in Albuquerque, they have. The oh God, same there, tree. there's a bunch of hanging trees in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They. They. Uh, it's a myth that we have three here in the state of Ohio. Um, that uh, it's always a silly myth. <laughs> well, that's how you can tell they're all males because all the trees are well hung. That I'm saying. The public will probably not listen to this show just simply because of my corny jokes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I ran into I ran into some kids down by Green Lady Cemetery, and they were all out in the woods searching and stuff. So they come into the cemetery, and they said to me, "Do you know where the Green Lady's house is?" I said, "Well, it used to be right there. All that stuff is a foundation." No, no, no. You're supposed to be able to look through the picture window and see her painting up there. Nobody lives in there, but if you look through the picture window, I said, "You know, back then I really don't think they had picture windows." <laughs> and it's like they say her husband drowned her and her husband did not drown her you know I mean come on I don't know where all these there's like 50 million stories about that cemetery it always happens that way that's uh, part of what I was talking with uh, the team that's working on my project with is I'm trying to kill things off other than major locations when we're ghosting with uh, professional teams because uh, I think it's good that the public understand the difference between a real investigator and what you see on TV and how hard they work at it. But uh, all these myths, all these urban legends, all these places in every single state, and how often do you really see anybody talk about it? Yeah, that's true. And they're fascinating. Mm-hmm. The histories are fascinating, even if you don't find anything. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is true. I, I just well, I mean, I even Meriden Meriden Tower. You go, there's a tower. It's called Meriden Tower, up above Hubbard Park in in Meriden. Okay. Supposedly, there's this crazy hook man that's up there, which I've never seen. I always used to hang up there at night. Then the black dog. Now I should be dead because of the black dog crosses your path three times, you're supposed to die. I should have been dead. I should have been I should have been friggin' dead like years ago. I'm not going to die until somebody recognizes my name. Then I'm okay. (laughs) Isn't it it funny how these legends though I I mean like let's say like she was talking about Connecticut has a legend of of something and, and somehow you know, it, it gets into South Carolina or West Virginia, and, and it's it's all, they're almost, you know, for the most part, they're almost the same urban legend, you know? I mean, they, with a couple changes, you know, I I, I find it amazing because, like, in New Mexico, uh, you know, we have the one, and I know every state has this one, where the woman drowns her babies, and you can hear the woman crying for her children now. Y- y'all got that, too? Yeah, yeah there's there's... There's one of those in Connecticut. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, we got it in West Virginia. When I, when I lived in West Virginia, you know, 
And as his kids, you you know, when I was a teenager, we all, you know, like to scare ourselves. So we all go out looking for this thing. And, of course, we never find anything other than our own fear, you know. I, I just, I think it's interesting that, that the urban legends, trans, you know, transcend time and, and, and space and other states, you know. Well, I found this really funny and amusing, okay, and I had to ask my daughter what drugs she was on. She said, she said her and her ex were sitting in the car down by Green Lady Cemetery. Well, around midnight, the Green Lady is supposed to come down the street, and she's like blowing green. And she said that she stuck her head in the window and looked her in the face and said hello and then disappeared. And, I want to know what drugs she was on. Because I've been <laughs> down there after midnight, and I ain't seen shit many times. Well, I mean, if looking at this as my age now, you know, logically, you know, I would have gone back in time and asked myself, too, if there is a spirit down there that supposedly does this, why would you want to be near it? You know what I mean? If it, if it like, murders people, why would you want to go see people? I mean, logically, that makes no sense. You know what I mean? If if you play double that, then it exists. You know, I mean, it's like some simple stuff well, to do. Oh. And, and part of that, Judy, to answer your question is is the... Uh, going all the way back to um, what what y'all were talking about earlier is, you know, we we grow up with these myths. We grow up with these legends. Even in my day and age, you had a fascination with UFOs, Bigfoot, and ghosts. You didn't talk no. about it in public. But, no, because they would think you're a nut job, yeah. But behind closed doors, you still watched the nice little specials, and you went, huh. And you watched The right. In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy, and you went, huh. And you watched all of this stuff, and it builds up, and it builds up, and it builds up. Now, when you, you and I and everybody here knows, when you get into the real paranormal world, that changes a little bit because right. you spend time in there and you understand the differences. But everybody outside of that world, they're a little bit different. So they see all of this, they hear all of this, and let's face it, 99% of humanity loves to have fun, and they love that fear aspect. That's why we go watch right. horror movies. We like to be scared for a moment. Roller coasters and everything else, right, exactly. I, I just got thrown off of um, Facebook, off of Talk Shoe. Yeah, I did. I'm going to throw this thing in the closet if she doesn't stop messing with my electronics <laughs> <life>. tonight. <laughs> Tell her you're going to ground her to the oven on broil. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this girl has a spirit of an 18-year-old girl that um, was raped and murdered when she was pregnant. Oh. And uh, she likes to play with electronics, and she continually does this to me. She throws me off the computer. She throws me off the phone. Only during shows, mind you. I can't run my show if I don't have my platform here. <laughs> tell, tell her you're going to make her go on a date with Jeff, and I guarantee you she'll definitely buy <laughs> That's the one beauty I love about Donald and BBS is we have a few technical glitches from time to time. Like we were running about five minutes behind on the show last night, but... Uh, the one thing I can say is as long as I have my Internet connections running, 
And even if I don't, if I have a phone running, I can call in and he'll just pipe it in that way. We always have a show running as long as as long as I'm willing to keep the sponsors going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Judy, why can't we get sponsors? We can get like beer, you know, uh, Budweiser, you know, Michelob. Uh. <laughs> You'd be surprised. They might let well, you Well, you know what? <laughs> let me tell you a funny story. <laughs> Remember that um, thing we did in here in New York? Me and Scott did. Uh-huh. Right, right. Well, it was a friggin' the 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 husband went and hopped over the fence and took his neighbor's miracle hose because <laughs> he didn't have anything. <laughs> he was looking for something to tie his wife down with. So Scott calls me the next day and he says, "Hey, we got a sponsor." I'm like, "Who?" He says, "Miracle hose." I'm like, "Get out of here." <laughs> Well, well, we did. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Why not? He got hold of them and told them what we did. Well, what her husband did, tying her down with a miracle hose and stuff. And, I mean, that was a crazy day, I'm telling you. I don't know. Every time I go into a haunted location or come up against something, always tells me, get out. <laughs> it doesn't like me. I can just see it now. Miracle hose. The hose that helps you with your exorcism and waters your lawn. <laughs> well, hey, you guys know that uh, we will but be the launching our, thing, uh, the our ironic radio thing, platform. The guy, no, the, guy next, the guy next door was a cop. Oh, fine. He stole, he stole a cop's hose. Thank God the guy was working. <laughs> I would have never done it. Done that, but hey, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> no, miracle hose is too expensive. I'd use a cheap one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> use a cheap one and some duct tape. Works just as well. <laughs> hey, duct tape. Duct tape will fix anything. Well, I'm what are you sorry, talking about? <laughs> she, she's a very big woman, okay, and this thing was going like in and out of her, and, and believe me, when it came, when it came out, it got like it took four people to hold her down. <laughs> okay. okay, that reminds me of a joke. I got to tell you this joke. And and, and now I, my dad told me this. When I was a kid. He said, y'all know the four dress sizes for women? Small, oh, no. medium, small, medium, large, and uh, oh, my God, it's moving toward us. We actually go... Joel, I, and Jay are actually putting together a our own digital radio station. I'll still be running on BBS every Friday because Donald and I have a relationship, and I have the utmost respect for that radio station, so I'm still going to have PTAR there and then do replays on that. But uh, just keep it in the back of your mind, guys. we got WCJT. WCGT will be running by next year, if not sooner, and it will be doing live radio It'll be doing uh, talk shows for the paranormal and otherwise, but we're going to probably stick with paranormal. Um, Yep, and we're going to be dubbing in live podcasts on top of that. So there's going to be a lot of different things. And I'm not charging the first people that run into it to do talk shows. So if you come in at the beginning, you pretty much got it for free the whole time that you're with me. (laughs) Oh, Oh, cool. Just let me know when it's up and going. I'll be the first one there. Can I add music to it? Like, you know. Introductory yep. music and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, we got free oh, music. Man. I'm going to be doing intros for the shows, so you have a professional intro like 
my intro with Paranormal Truth and Reality coming in that you can choose the music in behind and and uh, and yeah, it's I mean eventually the model is going to be a pay model, but everybody that comes into talk shows that come in and the people that come in at the beginning they get it for free for a lifetime because we test market the model that way with the live talk shows and that's the least well, they see, can do for putting you on. I, I, <laughs> see, I used you know, you, I used to have the other platform where I could play music and stuff, but. Because of the shows I do, because you know, both you and Jeff know that if something's not right with you, I'm going to call you out. I may not mention your name. I may mention your name. It depends what you did and who you are, you know? (laughs) And Judy, um, after tonight, the music I want for our our intro music, of course, has to be The Exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) Why? No, there's actually, <laughs> there is actually, if you look it up on YouTube, and I looked it up, there is actually a song called Darkness Within. No way. Oh, yes, be cool. there is. Matter that's of fact, cool. I have it downloaded in my iOmega. That is so cool. Yep. I, I put a lot of thought into my intro music because I wanted to figure out what to do. And then I'm such a big fan of Star Trek. I'm like, well, i got to incorporate this in. But it's the paranormal. People aren't going to get it. And then I listened to that song from Enterprise. And I'm like, you know what? If you actually listen to the words of that song, it explains exactly what I'm doing. It talks about the journey from beginning to end, looking for the truth, searching and finding the answers. And it just became a perfect match. So I've used it for two years now. And I don't think I'll ever change it as silly as it seems. I think it's a it's a great intro. <laughs> I, I gotta write I gotta write a song and, and it's got the name of the song is gonna be "Sucks to Be You." I'm sure uh, it will sell really <laughs> big. <laughs> People will buy it. <laughs> well, you know, I also have that little song. Um, it's a good day to whoop somebody's ass. <laughs> Downloaded with a little green guy. The video green guy, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can see us coming in for a paranormal show with that intro. <laughs> you get a lot of no, that, that, that would be my <laughs> jumping into the fire show because we're gonna we're gonna be starting to do those again too because I, I'm I, I'm I, I feel my evilness starting to come out in me, you know. Well, I'm I'm like, hey, we got two, you, two you know me, I have a. A political way of doing things. But I will say, and I'm very upfront about this, I think the the paranormal culture, along with other cultures, all have a social media culture. But the social media culture on the paranormal has became such a regular thing that, um, you know, there's a lot of things that people just don't, they don't think before they leap. There's a lot of ridiculousness that goes on. There's a lot of harassment behind the scenes. Not that I'll get into a lot of detail on it, but... Man, I have been a part of the social media culture for Facebook and several other places for at least seven years, and I've seen nothing but the decline of what's going on as opposed to the reality of what's going on. I, I, I you know, you've seen RTP, Real Time Paranormal. I try to keep it very educational. I don't stick to any of the crap. I don't like any of the harassment. I don't like any of the other stuff. But Lord have mercy, right. some of the stories that I've heard. Some of the well, people see, that I've spoke to. That's the I thing, Chris. Everybody thinks that they're experts in the field, and nobody is an expert in the field. I don't care no, who you, you are, be. how long you've been in the paranormal, 
No one is an expert. As a matter of fact, I just got done watching a series of Paranormal Survivor, all the seasons and stuff, and everybody's name that came up on there who's on the show, they deemed them expert (laughs) paranormal investigator. And I'm like, what's this expert crap? Well, you can't really be in a field that touches literally in 500 different subjects, most of which revolve around specific professional careers, uh, both university and non-university, as skilled careers and above-skilled careers, how can you be an expert in it? You can't, really. I mean, it's impossible. You'd have to literally spend 200 years itself studying each one to call yourself an expert of anything. And let's face it, the word expert in itself, well, I can be a professional in my field, and I am. I'm a professional in marketing. I'm a professional research and historian. I'm a semi-professional theologist, but does that mean I know everything? Well, hell no. I can't know everything. (laughs) Um, But I mean, these these people, I mean, we're all, they, they talk about unity. I remember at one time, the paranormal field before social media came out, there was unity there between the teams. Nobody was arguing. Nobody was fighting. We helped each other out. Yeah, and you know what? It was all about. It was all about answering the I don't know. It was all about the data, the collection, and research, and study. There yeah, were, and it should be bought back that way. Well, and I perfectly agree. And it is in a lot of circles. It's just people don't understand. People think that ghost hunting is paranormal study, and the reality is. It's not. They're two totally different things. If you're into a paranormal study and research, you're a true paranormal investigator. There's no right. in-betweens there. There's no in-betweens. When you're going in there, you, you understand a lot of things. You dive in. Some people know more than, than others in specific areas. Like, I can talk to science all day long, but can I honestly tell you how to break down a photograph? The answer is no. I'm not a photographer. And I'm really going to be so, uh, video. You know, so, I mean, it, it's just, it's gotten way out of hand. You know, this one's a fake and a fraud. This one's a fake. I mean, we've all, I've been there, you've been there, Chris. Oh, yeah, I've you been know, many, many times. I have my own, I have my own website that changes its web address every five months or so. They change the name and the web address just so they can complain about me that I have about 5,000 people. <laughs> You know, the one thing that bugs me, uh, and I, we don't do this. We don't do this. I will say this. But we have been on investigations with other groups that honestly feel threatened by us. And, and mm-hmm. they don't say anything, but you can tell them. And I'm like, what are they thinking of? They think that we're going to, like, catch something and the ghosts are going to talk to us and, and the spirits are going to talk, and they're not going to talk to them. Or, I mean, are they afraid that, like, there's going to be a talent scout in the audience or something? They're going to see us for a TV show? I mean, <laughs> I've never been able to understand this competition mentality because I mean, I, I've told our guys, I was like, look, you know, we may do things different, you know, from different groups, and we may not agree with what they do. If you don't agree with what they do, then just don't do it. You know, just stay with our standards. It's real simple. It's not and you can learn from everybody. You Absolutely. Know, I've been going out to 
oh, God, it's got to be at least 80 teams now that I've tagged along before I even started filming, and I'm still tagging along with new teams I've never been to. And i got to honestly tell you, between the radio show, tagging along with the teams, talking to everybody, I learn something new every single week. Mm-hmm. My dad used to tell me, would you stop learning and get dead? Of course, then <laughs> when you're dead, true. you still learn because you realize you're dead. But, <laughs> but, but the yeah, paranoia I mean, is getting absolutely ridiculous that it, the – uh, paranoia and the egos are just so overblown, and, and I, I had this conversation many, many times. I think social media has advanced that a little bit. You get yourself a little YouTube channel, you get yourself a little show that you, you, you're proud of, or maybe you're not proud of, or you get yourself a few live videos, and now you go from 300 to 600 viewers, 600 to 900 viewers, and you think, oh, God, I'm famous. No, you got your 15 seconds of fame, dude. 900 viewers right. doesn't mean squat. Right. Now, yeah, in Detroit, 900 is in the city block, man. So, yeah, yeah, my mom, my my mom always used to tell me what my grandma used to say, you know, and it it relates to nursing. And I always tell my CNAs this, because I've got a couple CNAs that will brag on themselves, you know. And my grandma always used to say, you know, if you're really good, you never have to brag on yourself ever, because everybody else, will brag on you more than you ever can if you're that good, you know? And I find that to be true. I never, ever pat my back. I, I try not to, anyway, you know? Um, well, and, and you, you know, it narrows down to uh, the fact that the, the handful of us that are out there, well, there's a reason you don't brag about it, because there's nothing to brag about. Right. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if, if somebody comes up and brags to me, it's like, Dude, I kept this, this, it. You know, I honestly told him, I was like, prove to me there's a ghost. Prove to me what you got, you know. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'm trying to basically bring them down to the alley and say, you're basically like anybody else. You're a regular human in a dark room with a basically a recorder talking to something that's not there, you know what I mean, by definition. You know what I mean? I mean, I, and I told him, I said, you know how crazy that sounds? You know what I mean? Now, I do the same thing, but I'm saying... You know, sometimes you have to bring these people down to earth, and Judy, our person up in Albuquerque, who we know, is, is sort of like that. You know, um, I love him to death. I really do. He's gotten a lot better, you know. Um, and in his defense, he's young. You know, but, but you know, I think as we get older, I was telling my CNAs, with age comes wisdom, you know. It does, and, and you realize especially in the you're paranormal. Not, yeah, you realize you're not all that in a bag of chips really quick, you know. So... <laughs> And a lot of times, the spirits will tell you you're not all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> well, and as you grow, you learn that, uh, you know, you go past those phases. We all go through certain phases. I know that I probably did. I, I'm not going to say that I didn't. You go through those phases where you, you've been in it for a little while and you think you know. But then you get hit with that wall that, well, you don't really know. Um, and... I, a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of egos get in the way. A lot of people want to be bigger than life, and, and social media makes you feel that way. It does. Right. I, I had a very well-known gentleman, and, and I'll mention him because he'll be fine with it. His name is Peter Sacco. He's a psychologist. He does his own YouTube channel. He's a wonderful guy. But he mentioned in one of his books, and we talked about it several times, when you're dealing with social media, you have to understand three key aspects. And the first one is, Text is not a human. Exactly. So if you get upset about something, it's probably because you read it wrong. Step back, 
and think about what you're about to say. Walk away. Go smell the flowers. It's just a computer. Right. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, um, the other thing is, is they say it's real, and it is true, it's very easy if I want to bash you, you know, to sit behind a keyboard and, and call you every name in the book and, and say you're a piece of scum or whatever versus actually coming up to you and face-to-face and saying the same things. Or actually, if you're, I look at it like this, maturity, if I'm mature enough, you know, I should actually come to you and say, you know, I've got a real problem with what you said, you know, and work it out. You know, if you can't work it out, you'll just part ways. So, I, uh, technology has killed that. I have that conversation with people all the time. Look, I'm an old school guy here. Messenger and me, we don't get along. I seem a lot more blunt than I am. If you really want to know what's going on, pick up the phone. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I tell my how kids. Many, how many uh, conversations we have about this, Chris? Just not, <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, and the the other thing to realize is um, there are two aspects that go into social media. The one is we all live lives, and sometimes we want to escape from those lives. The more depressed or, or bad you feel about your life, the more you try to escape. And I've seen this billions of times over Facebook, and it leads to what Julie, uh, Judy, I don't know why I called you Julie, I apologize, it leads to what Judy saying. You, um, <laughs> you know, Everybody claims to be an expert. Everybody claims to be where they are. Everybody claims to be this and that. Now, as a part of my early – when I first got into to, uh, a little history, when I first got into Facebook and I met Judy and I met John Griffiths and I met a bunch of wonderful people, I told them all the same thing. Hey, look, I've been tagging along teams for about 10 years now, and now I'm going out on social media and I'm trying to find out the truth. I'm looking into the paranormal. I'm going to ask a lot of questions, and I'm probably going to talk about it somewhere along the line. I'm going to do a television show or a documentary talking about the paranormal. I'm going to publish articles, and I'm going to discuss the real facts here. Everybody knew this, right? So Mm -hmm. about six years in, give or take, and Judy, you can correct me on the years if you want. About six years in, I finally released this and say, look, I've been doing this for six years now, guys. I've researched every team, everybody I've ever talked about. I know who's real. I know who's not. I'm not going to post names. But by the way, I am going to write about this. I am going to talk about it. Yes, you and, did. And people went crazy. And they started oh calling God, me that, a fake. Oh, my God, that sent them over the edge. Uh, yeah. And they started calling me a fake. They started calling me a bullcrapper. They started saying, you don't have anything. They started saying, you don't know anything. Really, because I called every source yeah. you laid out. I'm a guilty conscience, man. <laughs> uh, and, I and you'll did. notice, you'll notice, Chris, when when you say something about these people, they they go nuts, they go wacky. Yeah. Well, how many times? That... How many times I write blogs about people, <laughs> and it... don't even mention names, and these people come out and they attack me. It's like, look, no names were mentioned. You know and... what I'm saying? I even like I'll go on somebody else's blog. A friend of mine's blog, I'll go on there occasionally and I'll put a comment down. Well, let me tell you, don't let a couple certain people see my comments because they come back and attack like well, you would not believe. That's how I developed a lot, a lot of the hate group that I had. So when I started that, I started a piece called Let's Think About This. And I did it on radio here in Ohio, and I dubbed it over, and I got it in some newspapers. And and I never attacked anybody, but and I still do this on Paranormal Truth and that reality a little bit. Let's think about this a little bit. So you're a person. 
as an example. Anybody. This is not addressing anybody who may be listening tonight, not whatsoever, but it's an example. You're a person that goes on social media and you say, I'm an exorcist. I'm a demonologist. That's it. I know you're talking about me. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I've, worked, I've worked here. I've worked there. Uh, wherever it is, you know, I'm an exorcist, I'm a demonologist, I've worked here, I've worked there, I've worked here, I've worked there. And you start spouting off the names and you start spouting off the locations. Let's think about this. Let's put some thought into it. Do you not think there's going to be that one man behind the scenes like myself that's actually going to look into it? Okay, well, <laughs> I have been friends with a certain person for a while it's now. Not, it's not really downtrading anybody. There's a lot of professional people out there that they put it out there, and they either well, don't understand let me what just, the term is we're or running they short are. On, we're running on, um, short on time here. we got like a minute left, so I'm just going to throw this out to you. I've been fr- friends with this person for a few years now. Uh, let me see. One week they're a paranormal investigator, then they moved up to uh, to a sensitive, then an empath, then a psychic, now a medium. Now they have uh, their own agent. This all happened like within six months. <laughs> oh, because they want the, the 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 fame involved in it, and and you know. It's not downtreading anybody, whatever it is, in the last few minutes. I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression, but think about what you're really putting out there. Think about what you're really stating. From day one, I've always told everybody what I'm about, who I am, who I visited, who I've spoke to. And if you actually talk to those people, they will tell you, yes, I know who Chris Houston is. I'm not a big person. I'm not a popular person. I'm very dug into paranormal research. It's my life. I enjoy it. It's my passion. Why not be honest? Why not tell the truth? Why make yourself bigger than life? Why say that you're something that you're not? I'm going to like you either way. I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. You're either a good person or you're a bad person. And that's my real point. Social media really builds this image that wants people to be bigger than life, but we should always ground ourselves and realize we are just who we are. That people are going to like you or they're not. It doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> All righty. Well, it's 9 o'clock before we get cut off from here so it was great having you on chris and i really appreciate it you were you're a great guest well, i appreciate it. it's fun i appreciate both of you being on tonight i never caught the other gentleman's name but uh, uh yeah. it was a blast <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks everybody for coming on and thanks for the chat room um we'll talk to you next week don't know who my guest is yet like i said it's my birthday next week so we just might have a paranormal bash party here okay everybody good night I'll talk to you later. Have a good one, guys. All right. Bye.